0: and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. This episode is brought to you by our show sponsor, Organifi. If you're interested in hormonal health, I suggest you check out their Harmony Blend. It was specifically designed for PMS support to help balance out female hormones and to give you a little energy boost with the adaptogenic herbs that they use, like Shatavari And maca. So it's a cacao and maca blend. I happen to love those two flavors together. So tasty. Uh, We also have ginger and turmeric added to the mix. So it's kind of like a spicy treat. Chase tree berries also featured, which is an herb that has been long shown to support female hormones. So I highly recommend that product. It's really tasty. You could also look into their gold powder, one of their. Best sellers. That's a turmeric ginger blend. Both are anti inflammatory. And listen, menstruation, having a period, is a naturally inflammatory process. And so if you're experiencing wonkiness during those times of the month, uh, it's not terribly uncommon, especially if you have underlying inflammatory stuff going on. It kind of just throws a little bit of gasoline on the fire. So doing anti-inflammatories during your period is a smart bet. Turmeric and ginger are two things that I highly recommend. Uh, This product Gold. Also has lemon balm and magnesium. Both of those are calming and soothing and can really, I mean, I drink it all the time, not just when I'm on my period, but it's a really good tool if you do have PMS symptoms. Both of these blends, the Harmony and the Gold, are great for post-meal sweet treats. You Mix a little bit with either hot water. I personally like it with non-dairy milk. And uh, if you're somebody who has a sweet tooth check them out. Head to Organifi.com forward slash funk. So that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash funk or use code funk to save you 20% on any of your orders. Hello, my friends. I've got a juicy episode lined up for you today. It's kind of like mental health meets physical health meets woo. Um, if that's something that you might be interested in. A lot of you guys are asking me for more Woo episodes. So hey, Woo is coming through at a theater near you today. Ta-da. Um, I Last week, we really t- focused on the physical body. Um, we had Nora Matthew on the show. We talked about strength training from a sustainable perspective. We talked about moving the body, like physical movement. Um, the way that I think about the work that I do is kind of like two parts. One is the physical body, um, it's the feet on the ground. You'll hear me reference my wedding song, the Talking Head song. This must be the place. So, like, feet on the ground, head in the sky. Like, we have to work on the physical body, right? That's nutrition, movement. This is where the lab testing comes in. This is like the supplements, all that kind of stuff. But we also have to open up to the fact that our energy body and our emotional body really impacts our physical health as well. And so all of that has to be come into play. So that's why I wanted to chat with Andrea Mitchell. She's a licensed art therapist based out of New York City. And she really does use a whole body approach to healing she says that living in true balance requires the alignment and integration of the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical bodies. Hell yeah. Uh, she also has training in Pilates, yoga, Reiki, breathwork, um, intuitive guidance, QHHT, which is a type of healing hypnosis that we're going to talk about in this episode. I did a session with her, so I'm going to tell you about my experience and why I really recommend this modality. Um, I do want to give you a heads up. I kind of was heavy with the swear words on this one. I don't know. It just they just came through me, and I know that doesn't bother a lot of you, but for some of you it might. So I just wanted to give you a heads up. This is you're going to hear me swear a couple, maybe like three times, maybe four. I don't know. Um, so I always like to post that disclaimer. We what's super cool is that we're lucky enough to have Andrea come into Your Hormone Revival and teach a very unique class. She blends a lot of different modalities. I love her work. Um, so you, if you sign up for Your Hormone Revival, you'll access that through our Sunday session. So every Sunday of the 12-week program, we have a live taught class to support the nervous system. And uh, I lo- Andrea says, you'll hear her say this in the interview, um, there are different ways to access the nervous system. There's sound, there's breath, there's movement, and so this is literally the purpose of the Sunday sessions, giving you different ways to access and downregulate your nervous system. That's why we offer these these classes. In addition to all the education modules, in addition to the lab testing, in addition to the you know the one-on-one guidance that you get. Um, but it, to me, it's it's really about the experience of putting all that you're learning into action in a supported container. So we want to make sure that that's available and Andrea is part of that. So this conversation today, we're going to get into art therapy, which is not, to be honest with you, not something that I've been like very interested in, but then Andrea kind of showed it to me in a new light and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about breath work. We're going to talk some like kind of high level stuff, like ego, the consciousness, unconsciousness. Um, And I do suggest that you stay to the end because you'll hear our hot take on manifestation and like my experience with manifestation and how I use it in my life, in my work, in my healing. And, um, I also share for the first time on the podcast, this, like this fear, like my deepest fear that I recently uncovered while working with Andrea. So like I said, it is a good one. And I really hope that you enjoy and you pull some, Little pieces from this conversation that you can take into your day to day life. Oh, and I suppose I should tell you how to sign up for your hormone revival. Uh, Head to the functional forward slash YHR. We officially open the cart on March 1st. We usually sell out within a day, sometimes two days. So if you're interested in this, definitely like you know, spend some time processing your decision and then be ready to go March 1st. Once the seats are filled, they are filled. Um, And then you got to wait until September of next year, or I guess September of this year. Yeah. September to sign up again. (laughs) So I would love to see you there. It's a great program. You'll love it. Okay. So welcome to the show. I'm stoked to be sitting down with you and having this chat. Hi Erin.
1: I'm happy to be here.
0: <laughs> okay, so I really would love I know a little bit about you personally. I know some of your background, but I would love to start off this conversation with you sharing with listeners, what is your background and how did you get into all of this stuff, this line of work?
1: Okay. So, way back, my original background was in studio art and art history. That was my first dive into college and my passion but then when i turned i was probably like 29 or 30 and i decided to go to grad school for art therapy um and while i was in school for art therapy my i was also in training to become a pilates instructor to pay for my graduate school in (laughs) art therapy Funny that, But because I was keeping them so separate, my professor at the time really pushed me to start to look at bridging the two and bringing Pilates into art therapy. And at the time I didn't, I mean, it was my, it was new to therapy. I was new to this whole field. So And I went to Pratt, which is a very experiential type of school. So I was already working as an intern. So I had clients that I was working with. So I started, and I was working in trauma. So I started bridging, bringing in pieces of what I was learning in Pilates and using that with art therapy. And it really was the foundation of my work because as we know now, trauma, you need to work in the body, right? It doesn't work just to verbally talk to somebody And the type of clients that I was working with to just do art with them and then have them talk about their art or just do art also wasn't enough, that it really needed to be connected to the body. And so that's where I started. And then everything came after that combined the two.
0: Can you just explain a little bit? I've never really done art therapy. Can you Mm -hmm. describe what art therapy is and how it might differ differ from like talk therapy? Of
1: course. Um, so it's similar to psychotherapy in that you could just use, you know, the whole session to talk, um, which I now do with people. But what I do that's different is instead of just allowing somebody to talk, I'll stop them and I'll be like, Hmm, what would that look like? Can you put that into a description for me? So if you were to say, Oh, I'm having this really hard day and this person's not listening to me, I say, okay, well, let let's stop. And tell me, what does it look like for you when you're having that connection with, the, with this person? Give me a color. Is it energy? Is it liquid? Is it solid? You know, so you start to take these emotional or not even emotional, but these, you know, interactions or these stressors and put it into visual because a visual you can work with, right? When it's just, I, this person was so mean or judgments or all the lists and lists and lists of things that have happened it's a list and that's a lot, it's overwhelming. You can't always work with that. The brilliance with using it in trauma is that in trauma, a lot of the times people don't have a chronological order system to how things happen in their life and they don't often remember and that becomes the overwhelmed stressor too. And so by using art, you access a different part of the brain that you also can access through movements right? it skips the logical. So you're already going into unconscious using artwork. So it has so many different elements because you can use it as a way of looking at a situation differently, but you can also use it to get into a different healing part of the brain without trying to rationalize.
0: Oh, so that is, that's what I was having a, a difficult time understanding is like, what's the purpose of the art?
1: Yeah. So the art. Yeah, I mean, it's taking something that's abstract and it's also sometimes it offers a quicker means through psychotherapy. So, you know, it's. I don't know. I could go on about this for so many different ways, but I feel like if you're somebody who is, um, like us, (laughs) Erin, who are very in touch with ourselves and very high functioning, controlling people, right? When we come in, we know about ourselves, we know what works, we know what doesn't work. We've been there before, you know, I've done a million things. Then you come into art and and you're being told, okay, well, throw all that stuff away. You can't talk. Tell me what it looks like.
0: Oh, wow. That's, I mean, that's kind of a horse of a different color because I, that's what I've always said. I'm like, I can rationalize and like logic and reason my way. Like I understand why I am the way I am because of X, Y, Z, but it's like, that doesn't make, make it change. That doesn't make it go away. That's just like, I get it all. I'm very (laughs) self-aware. I'm arguably too self-aware.
1: Right. Right. Me too. Me as well. And I think that's why I was so, you know, obviously I came to it as an artist, but I was also so drawn to it because I'm like oh oh I see like I went through this whole thing in class once and they're like okay yeah make make your family out of clay and each person's a different color and put them where they should be and put them in a shape and I was like oh all right and I did it and they're like so that person's a big pile of duty huh and I was like what (laughs) you know it's just somebody can then look at that and just read what the image is and and put, and just tell you what it looks like. So you, so they're looking at your story differently as an image you created. So it becomes very powerful and very fast moving. So sometimes, you know, in a session it would be about slowing somebody down but I do use imagery a lot to just kind of take people away from the explaining and being heard into tell me tell me more, but show me so that we're both in it together.
0: One of the, when I was in talk therapy and I've, I've said this on the show before the the therapist was like, I actually think you would be better suited for some type of somatic experiencing somatic release. And that was one of the reasons that I really gravitated toward breath work because I'm like, there's, I'm like, I can tell you what's up, but like, there's something trapped in my body that I can't, no amount of talking is going to get this out of my body. And I found, and that's, you know, where you and I met was through, was through breath work, through a breath work Mm -hmm. training that you were assisting on. And I was the student and I would love to hear your perception or, know your experience of how the breath work ties into everything that you Mm do
1: okay so yes um two things that i mean somatic therapy is is also an amazing process and that goes into the body uh therapy portion as well um the breath work pulls into that because breath automatically goes to the nervous system right so Breathing is something. So there's different ways that you can change the nervous system. <clears throat> there's sound, there's breath, there's movement, right? Those are things that you don't need to think about that just by doing them, you're changing any trauma responses, any emotions in your body, or anything like that. So I was drawn to breath work because of the power, because of just having a session and being like, whoa, what is what's that? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was my my original like pull into breath work. And then doing it over time and realizing, like, Ooh, this has a lot of power to it. Um, so the breath work for me came in much later. I was already, you know, in practice doing all the things. And again, it was just a personal, uh, experience that I then saw power in. I think what, the way that I use it now with people, when I've had private clients, Usually those clients are coming to me because they've had some kind of trauma and they don't feel safe going into a group or doing a virtual group first because they've had trauma and they've tried to do breathwork in a group before and feel very anxious and it stimulates what a trauma response in some people would be like, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have that um, accelerated, like high energy response, um, breathwork can can be very similar to that and, and, and bring all that up. So in a private session, I was able, I'm able to like hold space for them, see them create safety, ground them first through a different kind of breath, move into the breath work, which then heightens that arousal state and remind them that they have control over it. Right. You, you're using your breath and you can heighten it. You can slow it down. It's your body. And so, you know, as we do breath work, we give them intentions, remind them of the pace, remind them that it's their process. And then if they can make it through that, which most of the people I've worked with, they they come through that after that long period of breath work. And they're like, I didn't think that I could get through it, but I I got through it. And now when I have that state, when I'm going into a panic attack or an anxiety attack or having, you know, a flashback or something, I know that I can get through it now. Because I've had the experience that's different, which is somatic experiencing is really like showing you a similar body state, but now you know, oh, I, now you've re you have a new memory. Like now you can trust your body because you got through that. So it just kind of adds a different memory to your body system. Does that make sense?
0: It makes a lot of sense. And I think we should, I probably should have prefaced this just to be clear. There's so many different styles of breathing. There's the pranayama and there's right. certain styles of breath that are designed to you know, down-regulate the nervous system and kind of yes. calm you down. And this is very much so more of an activating yes. breath work practice. What I've, I have noticed is that, so I, I've been practicing this style of breath work probably like four-ish years now, I think. And in the beginning, every single time I would have like a really big emotional release where I would cry uncontrollably, or I would feel like I had to like, yell or like move my body or something like something had to come out. And now when I do it, I don't always get that big emotional release. It's sometimes it just feels like more grounding, more, I don't really have the language to put to it. It's a very different experience. And is that normal?
1: Yes. I mean, I don't know what's normal with breathwork, <laughs> but <laughs> breathwork is its, its own thing. But what you're experiencing to me, I would say is so normal because my my journey in breathwork was similar. And my first breathwork, it was very body oriented things, right? Like I had, my ears were ringing or I would cry or I would, you know, I would do, or I'd feel the tingling and then it became more grounding. And then it turned into, you know, diving into past life memories and getting inspiration and storylines, and then sometimes it's just grounding. But to speak first to the body stuff you're talking about, when you have not done a release of any sort, whether it be somatic experiencing or um, therapy or breathwork, and you dive into breathwork and you have a history, not just a history of trauma, but a history of any blocked emotions, The breath work is working through your nervous system. And as it works through the nervous system, it's clearing the energy blocks, right? So as you hit on a block of um, energy in the body and you start to open it, it needs to come up. So what I tell people in breath work, you might be crying, but you don't have, you don't need to attach that to a situation that happened. You can allow it to cry. You don't have to make sense of it because What happens in somatic experiencing or breathwork or art therapy, you can go through that. It can still heal your, you know, your body or the trauma, the response to it, like EMDR does sometimes. Um, But you don't have to understand it. Right? So that's the thing. Like in breathwork, you're going to cry, or you're going to feel your body shaking all over. You're going to yell or you're going to whatever. It's just your body healing. And then once you've moved those energy blocks, you don't need to do it anymore. Right. So you won't cry anymore. You won't have that same response. I mean, sometimes you will because they come back, those emotions.
0: (laughs) And like you're still dealing with shit every day, you know? Every day, every day.
1: (laughs) Every damn day. (laughs) So they'll come back. Don't worry, you'll cry again. But, you know, (laughs) that's kind of, you know, I just to bring up some, some, uh, you know, Candace Pert, because we both share fascination with her who we is wonderful. She always, she always says, and my favorite thing that I've stolen from her and made like a whole thing out of is, you know, emotions are energy in motion. So when you have energy that's stuck, it's an emotion that's just not allowed to come out and become the emotion, right? It's still in the body. We just haven't brought it up to the brain and allowed it to be created as sadness or grief so it's in your body still, stuck in energy until you allow it to come out as grief or sadness or happiness or whatever it is. It's usually, it's usually not the joy and happy emotions that are stuck there. But <laughs> you know, that that is why when you're doing breath work and you're allowing breath, it's the same you could add movement and have movement do that action or creativity do that action, but you need to allow the emotions that are stuck in the body to have a way to release outside of our physical body in order for us to start to heal as a whole being.
0: Yeah. And I, that kind of bridges the gap to the next thing that I want to talk about, you know, physical healing, like how this, all of this relates to physical healing. You say that often physical ailments are connected to emotional blocks. And this is a concept that I adhere to, and I use it in my own practice and my own healing. And I've certainly talked about on the show before, but if that's a new concept for somebody like, Mm -hmm. can you expand upon that?
1: Yeah. So, so like I was saying, I mean, so the, the brilliant thing about Candace Pert is she was not the first person to come up with this idea, but she was the first person to put science behind it so that it could be taken seriously. Right. Mm-hmm. But over, you know, thousands and thousands of years, as anybody who does acupuncture knows, like this isn't a new concept that emotions in the body have a connection. So when I, the way that I work because of my training as doing psychotherapy with Pilates, I understood the anatomy and I understood the, um, the brain and also the emotional mental part of that and the connection between the two. And so adding in where the emotions are stuck, they're usually stuck along the spine, which very interestingly correlates to the chakra system. And so I, I try, you know, I have so much information in my head and what I really try to do is break it down for people to understand why this is important, because if you take the chakra system and you overlay and you put it over a picture of the spine, it starts to, you can see the connection between the nervous system and certain nodes on the spine that connect to certain organs or certain, certain, you know, um, other, hormones in different places in the body so that they all start to connect at these places. So if you can say, okay, well, I understand the root chakra, right? And the root chakra has to do with root grounding my feet, right? Into the tailbone. So if you are having issues in your legs, your hips, your tailbone, right? Physical, you're like, I just can't get it to fix I'm doing yoga I'm doing all the things but then you're looking at your life and say you are having money issues you're having house issues you're having taking care of your life issues right and you're not feeling safe then that's the emotional part of that right so so it starts to overlap and so and you can move up, right? So then, you know, each part of this the chakra system definitely aligns to the emotional part of that body and those emotions. And you know, it's a it's like a very complicated thing to go into a podcast with, but what I the way that I break it down for people is again, it's energy stuck. And those are your emotions being stuck. So if you're having an issue in your body, I would say, okay, ask what is that trying to tell you? And this is where it gets more into the energy part and the you know spiritual part. But if you're having a shoulder issue, um, I would say, well, okay, what does that look like? Some people would be like, I'm holding up too much stuff, right? Like I have the weight of the world on my shoulders. We have already done this in as like a human society is like give words to these emotions, right? Like, he's a pain in my back. (laughs) you know, (laughs) I can't move forward. Like, you know, you break your foot. I'm having trouble moving forward, taking the next step. You know, we give already these, you know, imagery descriptions to our emotions, to our feet. And that's how it gets stuck. I mean, that's like a very loose um, description, but that's how you can break it down. I mean, I that, that is makes sense.
0: It makes a lot of sense. And you know it makes a lot of sense to me, so I'm hoping it's landing too with everybody listening. One of the things that I do, anytime I get a symptom and there's no shortage of symptoms, that is how my I don't know, that's how the communications come through my or my physical body. Mm-hmm. And anytime I have any type of symptom, whether it's like acid reflux or like a pain in my ribcage, whatever it might be, the immediate response is always, what is the message? What is this here to show exactly. me? What is going on? And it doesn't necessarily mean that the, 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 comes right away. Uh, Mm -hmm. but fortunately I've developed enough practices where I can sit, I can create space for myself. I can sit, I can tap into my intuition and the message almost always comes through. Like,
1: and that's what I would say to anybody who's having a physical issue and they're doing the physical things to try to fix that issue. And it's still there. And I would say, you know, this isn't, this isn't set in stone where, you know, it's going to heal or take care of. There's many illnesses and, Elements that might not fit into this. But this is the basic thing that you can try as, you know, maybe it is just as simple as this. Maybe it is just emotion. And so I always start there and just to eliminate that before going into maybe there's something else. And then, you know, doctors can help you there. But what I would say is, you know, this goes into some of the stuff around, you know, I also went through intuitive training and Akashic Records. And it kind of something we've talked about as well is when you're when you're when you're trying to get information from your higher source, whatever that is for anybody out there, whether it's just your higher self, the messages come through, and you might not listen because you don't know how, you choose not to, whatever whatever that might be. And so the last way you get information is through your body. Like, will you listen now?
0: Cool. Super cool. <laughs> I'm always waiting. <laughs> Super great.
1: Yeah, I told you to slow down and you didn't. And now you're, you know, you broke your leg. You're going to listen now, you know, like, (laughs) so you're definitely onto something there. And that is, you know, that's not my idea. I obviously picked that up through one of my trainings, but it does make a lot of sense to me. So if you have an ailment or physical ailment in your body sickness or physical, um, like body injury, I would say, do exactly what you just did, Aaron, and sit down and be like, okay, shoulder, what are you trying to tell me?
0: You know what I think is super cool? So I do a lot of hormone testing in your hormone revival. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets a Dutch test and there's this, um, it's a dried urine test looking at hormones. And there's this gauge that shows us. So I've talked a lot about cortisol. I think everyone pretty much knows what cortisol is, but our bodies have this ability to, take cortisol, which is an active hormone and almost like deactivate it into another form, which is cortisone. And there's a gauge on the test that shows us if somebody is doing that. So like, we have to ask, why would the body- body is not like the body's pr- pretty miserly with its energy expense uh, expenditure. Like it wants to be really efficient. So why would it go through the trouble of building out this hormone? If it's only then going to deactivate it into an inactive form, we have to really think about why the body would do this. Like the body's not dumb. So there's gotta be a reason, right? There's gotta be a reason for it. And typically when the body is choosing to deactivate cortisone, it's because it's trying or deactivate to cortisone. It's because it's like trying to get you to slow down. It's like, Mm. take a fucking nap, sit on the couch, (laughs) sit this play out, (laughs) say no. It's like literally trying to, I almost like, it's like this, like pulling this lever back, trying to slow the person down. So whenever I see that, my question is like, where, you know, where are you not heeding the messages that are coming to you that you, you got to slow it down. That's so Um, smart.
1: That's so smart.
0: And we're going to quickly interrupt this discussion to shout out one of our show sponsors. As a reminder, the support of our sponsors is what allows the Functional Nutrition Podcast to continue to pump out new content to you. So we always thank them. We hope that you support them too i super pumped to announce that we have continued on with our partnership with BioCult through 2022. Uh, BioCult is a phenomenal probiotic company. The boosted product is the one that I most recommend. It is broad spectrum, great price point. And um, at the end of last year, I had kind of like a Weird amount of people reach out to me to tell me how much they are loving BioCult. People literally wrote like multiple times, this probiotic has changed my life. So people are out there, the people have spoken and they are out there getting the good results. And that is something that I, as a clinician, is super important to me. I've had, you know, a lot of people ask me like, what do you think about this product? What do you think about this product? And sometimes I look at products and I'm like, I think they have a really great marketing budget, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. But for me as a healthcare practitioner, I'm always like, cool, you're using a lot of like big fancy buzzwords, but like, does your product actually help people? That's the most important thing to me. So it delights me to hear that so many of you are benefiting from the BioCult Boosted Probiotic. If you haven't tried it before, head to the link in our show notes, use code FUNK15 to save 15% off of your probiotic purchase.
1: And it's funny because I was just randomly listening to some of your podcasts yesterday, Erin. And I uh, I, I landed on the one where you had just come back to podcasting and we were talking about how you had to take a break. And I was like, yep, that. When people think about trauma, they think there has to be this like huge traumatic event that happened in your life. And trauma right now is so much that, you know, not saying no, not having boundaries, the environment we're in, the pressures that we're given, the human judgments that we live in, in our society. And I think our bodies definitely are going to start getting mixed messages for that, right? Because we are feeling also the brunt of, can I? That goes back to that root chakra, right? The, the survival mode. Like if I stop, will i die will my family die like i have to keep going because i have to survive and your body is so smart because trauma comes from these trauma responses or the cortisol comes from your body's need to survive your body wants you to survive your body wants the best for you but sometimes it still is like this you know primal animal that just is trying to get things done and so our brains have to come in and regulate and be like mm, let's do a scan <laughs> <laughs> what what needs to happen and for me it was going to my child and being like all right what needs to happen you know do we do we need to take all these tests do you need do you really want to go to this school next year cuz she was applying to high schools like what is the bare minimum that we can do right now because that's kind of where we're at and we need to be okay with that
0: yeah or you could be taking your small business and growing it into a massive corporation like myself, either. Like maybe here. that's my trauma. Response I mean, is to, it is, it, it <laughs> is, it is. I'm admitting it to you. It is. That is Wait. my trauma response is to yeah. overdo. overdo. Um,
1: yeah. Because then you are going somewhere, right? That's like, yeah.
0: Moving, yeah.
1: Moving, moving out, moving away, moving forward.
0: Which is why it's so imperative to me to have a, A lot of movement practices, a lot of breath work practices, a lot of sound healing. Like the more I want to make it really clear because I am, I am not somebody that is willing to push myself beyond my capacity, even though that's like sort of like my makeup, that's my drive, that's what I want to do. Um, I've been to hell and back with my health. I'm no longer willing to do that. So, in order for me to hold this container that is my company, in order for me to do that, I have to invest so much time into uh, you know, self-care for lack of a better term, but like, yeah. like support. And, and, you know, that's why I'm, I always have tools in the arsenal, uh, for self-practices, but I'm also o- always reaching out to other people to help me. Cause I hold a lot of space in my business. I need that space held for me elsewhere. And so that's one of the reasons that I, I do breath work with you. That's one of the reasons that I did the hypnosis session with you. So I think we yes. should, we should talk, talk
1: about, that. about
0: the hypnosis because that's such a, <laughs> It's such a that's big. A, I don't know. It's so. It's, a, it, it's so big. <laughs> it's so big. Um, so I, you say that hypnosis opens the brain to information that our conscious our consciousness cannot always access. Yes. After going through a session with you, I know exactly what that means. But that's kind of like a mouthful. So can you explain right. what that right. means?
1: And it's it's always so challenging because I do feel you know, like breathwork, hypnosis is a sort of an extension. It's like a bigger breathwork, right? Um, because everybody has their own experience. And so the hypnosis that I do is called QHHT, which is quantum healing hypnosis technique. And it was developed by Dolores Cannon. Even just putting that out there on this podcast kind of opens this big can of worms because the community, I love it. I mean, I love it, but I come into this community from a very psychotherapeutic grounded place. And QHHT has has the ability, unlike other hypnosis, where it opens up the expansion to many different ideas, whether they be past life regression, um alien life form right multidimensionality
0: you say right like i'm like yeah right totally right alien life yeah definitely (laughs) and that
1: and that can open the doorway to a lot of ungrounded curiosities which is i'm there for Great, that's great. But that's the way that I have chosen to use this technique is really in a source of healing. And so people that come to me are not looking to see like meet an alien or if they were alien. I have had to come to I to be honest, like I, I don't know where I was at before I did my training, but I don't think it was in my uh my cognitive brain. <laughs> about aliens, but now having gone through the hypnosis and my own experiences, I have to be open to anything that comes through because some clients have gone there. And so the, so what I find with this type of hypnosis is to be open to anything, but what I tell people and I remind people in the hypnosis is the experience that you're having in this moment for this particular point in your lifetime right now is really the most important thing. Right. So, you if you decide like if you're in a hypnosis and the imagery coming through is of a multi universe on a different planet and you look different in form, and there's all these stories, amazing. It's a story. It's very Jungian, right? Like Jungian therapy, where those imagery, the archetypes are very important because it's a way our brain processes. I look at everything like a story, and so through those imageries, you can get information. And for me, that's the most important thing. So the difference between regular, regular in quotes, hypnosis and QHHT is that QHHT brings it past just going under hypnosis. QHHT wants you to go through that past life regression, whereas most hypnosis is um, stumble upon it like by accident. I just happen to have this book here. Brian Weiss is a therapist who was somebody who stumbled upon it by accident. And his book, Many Lives, Many Masters, is read. That's the one most people go to to understand this technique. I don't think that he did the same technique as Dolores, but it ended up being the same. So going through the past life regression which becomes imagery or in some cases like this lifetime, but your past in this lifetime. Yeah. Allows you to go to like, where did this start? Where, whatever your intention is at the beginning of hypnosis, I usually ask people for questions and ask people, what is it you're hoping to get from the session to call in the energy? We move into the hypnosis where you're just putting into a trance state. You don't really go under where you don't remember. Unlike other hypnosis where you're trying to like quit smoking or something. In this hypnosis, you're usually in just a deep trance meditative state. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get there, that's when you go into the regression or whatever imagery is coming up. that will show you a story of all the ways that something maybe has come up, and you you know you just go through it. And then at the end of that, you go into a deeper state. And really what that's doing is allowing the brain to drop deeper and deeper and deeper so that it can go past the conscious ego into the unconscious state that we try to get to in a very deep meditation that most of us in this you know, Western society can't get to. And so when you get to that very deep state at the very end of this hypnosis, is when you can start to have in you know, your higher self or your unconscious mind come through and give you information, whether that's answering questions, telling you your life purpose, healing your body, telling you why you're feeling certain things in your body, why certain things are happening, and then give you an actual physical healing that you would feel in your body if you're ready for it. Key point. Not everybody's ready for it.
0: Oh, that readiness. <laughs>
1: So that's a long explanation to that. So, it's
0: so, a very long... <laughs> so that's I mean that's why I wanted to do it, it was more for like physical healing aspect. Um, I think I yeah, I guess it wasn't to see aliens. That's not, that was not my intention. <laughs> <laughs> like that was not it for me. I'm not um, against the aliens and just put it, I'm not against the aliens, but it's I wouldn't not be point. opposed <laughs> to it. But I do like, cause like <laughs> I've been in some like real hardcore meditate. I mean, I've been meditating for 15 years. So I've gotten, gone to some far out places and I, Oh, I see pictures and I read pictures and I'm like reading the energy. Like, what does this picture represent? So I hear what you're, what you're saying in regards to that. Um, but that's, you know, it was like a very, I've done hypnosis before in the beginning part is very similar to other types of hypnosis, which is like, right. you're in a deep meditative state. You're going back. It's not terribly unlike an EMDR where you're like no, kind of going similar. back to a time, um, like memories that I remember memories that I didn't remember as well. Um, but then there's like this second part where you're awake, you're conscious, but you Andrea yeah. as like the facilitator are communicating with my subconscious and I can hear yes. myself answering things, but they're not, it wouldn't be something that I would be able to do if I was sitting here talking with you. It's not the same way I would be able to answer you. And the things that came through, I was like, Holy shit, this is like this is like these are like the real deal yeah. answers for me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so I just always tell kind of- people
1: it's like if you were, I mean, this is so inappropriate, but it's if you were drunk and somebody asks you a question and you don't have that filter and you just answer them truthfully. Right. It feels like that. Like you're just talking with no filter and you're like, why am I saying these things?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, that was, I I wasn't, I went in with very, I didn't have any expectation because I just, you know, I I didn't know what to expect. And that was the part that I was like, wow. Um, Can you, you, you mentioned, the conscious ego versus the unconscious state. Can mm-hmm. you just elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Sure. So um I say that because it's like
0: it's so let's hard to go back to it's,
1: Freud. You know, <laughs> it's a <laughs> hard, challenging not.
0: concept, I think, to no, wrap so, our heads around. Yeah.
1: So so to break it down into a very, I mean very, very imagery-based thing. If you think of it broken into conscious and unconscious, right? Conscious is what we have control over. Conscious is the thing that's like, I choose to do this and I'm going to do it regardless of anything else. I'm driven. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And you just, you do that, right? Your intention is to do it. Like you're going to build your business. It's going to (laughs) happen. That is more like you're consciously choosing to do that. And our ego is, um, the ego is not always helpful because our ego is the thing that is protecting ourself, that is telling us story, true or not, that is going to make that happen, right? So the ego is the protector. It's what's going to, you know, be there on our shoulders all the time, sometimes very judgy and sometimes not to protect us and to make us go through. And so sometimes it's hard, you know, especially if you're somebody who loves to understand things like me. Um, it's hard to shut the ego off, shut the conscious mind off. Cause we want to analyze. I want to make sense. I want to understand this. Like, even when I was doing my QHHT session and I was under, I was like, Whoa, I want to get this. I want to write, you know, and it's hard. That's your ego popping in to block it. Like, even if it's just to understand more. And so the hypnosis is very, uh, rhythmic. I don't know if that's a word, but rhythmic in that, like it drops you down to a place that you get that your are conscious and your ego can no longer block it. And some people with a very strong ego, it's hard, but they still get something out of it. And I would find sometimes in those sessions, when it gets to the place of the unconscious coming in, they might fall asleep. You still get your healing. You know, whether you fall asleep in breathwork or meditation, you're still getting a healing. Your just brain isn't part of that anymore. So... The unconscious is that part of us that moves. You know, I I say it's more connected to the spirit base, right? Like it's more connected to outside our physical body, to, um, you know, being in the moment of creating something is being in your unconscious mind, that intuitive part of us that Mm. just goes without having to know why. I think that's probably the best definition for it.
0: Yeah. you I know. think there's probably 150 definitions know, for like ego like and like subconscious and conscious <laughs> right. and unconscious and I love to always hear people's interpretation because it. The more I hear other people talk about it, the more I can like understand it myself. It's yeah. kind of a hard concept to understand, and I think yeah. ego gets a real bad rap. And like yeah. you know, an ego is like just there, kind of keeping us trying to keep it's do its best to, to protect us and,
1: and be aware. It's trying to be a good student, really, yeah. right? Like the ego is trying to like, make sure you're aware, make sure you're participating, make sure you're doing the best, make sure, you know, you're okay. Nobody's hurting you. You know, the ego is, you know, it's just trying to do its best job, but sometimes and, in doing it, it makes us off track.
0: And it can, I think it, the ego can misinterpret. I, I was reading a book and I recently heard like, you know, if you think about like your, like this, your spirit or your higher self, it's like kind of sending messages like all is perfect. All is perfect. All the time. All is perfect. And then the the ego sort of misinterprets that. And it's like, what do you mean? It's supposed to be perfect. I'm not being perfect. Oh my God, I'm failing. I'm failing. I'm failing. <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Our poor little egos. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like the ego... I, like you said, we could go on and on about the ego because I, I mean, I love the little ego and I think it's important for us to like really check in and see where our ego will change. Like you said, it's either going to be protective or it's going to be like, Oh, we're the best or everything's perfect, you know, or freak out. I don't know, but it does try to stay in, um, So I guess like when you move into energy and hypnosis or intuitive work or breath work or movement or creation, all of those things, you're trying to move into a different level of energy, right? And in that you are trying to move away from being blocked and the ego works as a block, right? So it's very, it's almost, it doesn't allow for much expansion. It doesn't allow for much experimentation it's like this is we're going to stay safe in our box that's what the ego wants like stay safe in the box but yeah what we're moving into and what i think we all know at this point is there's more to just our day-to-day life in this physical body doing the same things right and i think that's what some of us are being called to either because depression is taking over and we're like we know there's more to this life than what we're doing in these mundane existences And that's where you have to kind of like allow the ego to be there. But like I say, in hypnosis, let it sit on the sideline and watch. We're not telling it it has to leave the room, but it it can't interfere right now because we want to expand beyond where we are in this moment. And so that's where the unconscious comes into play because that's where we open up to all our other energy bodies. Like our physical body is just one of them. And then we have our emotional and our mental and our ethereal and our spiritual, and then it goes up to, you know, to, to more. So we need to play within those energy bodies.
0: And yes, we do. And that's where I love personally love to play. <laughs> I love to, I love, I do, I always consider the work that I do. It's like, um, our, uh, Scott and my, our marriage song, what's it called? Wedding song, or marriage song, song. It's not what people say about yeah. that. Uh, it's talking heads. This must be the place. And it's, I always think of the, one of the lyrics, feet on the ground, head in the sky. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is like, that really lends itself to the work yeah. that I do because I am going to talk about the physical body and, you know, same for you. Yeah. You do it from a movement perspective. I do it more from like nutrition, you know, labs yeah. and, and data and all that kind of stuff. And also like that, just accessing the physical body isn't always the pathway to healing. We have to kind of like talk about the head in the sky type of stuff, like the emotional body, the energy body, right? There's so many different parts of ourselves that really need to come, come, come together and come online, or at least be acknowledged for true healing to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
1: And, and I would also add to that. And I love that that was your song because, you know, in yoga and in, um, more magical, like a theory, you know, what mystical things, they always say ground down, like root down to rise up, right? Because we have to set our feet in the ground and be grounded in order to allow our energy to root up to source or whatever else you wanna expand into. You can't continue to be expanded upward and not have any roots in the ground, right? Because totally. then you're just gonna fly away. right? <laughs> And I think. And in, then what it, does it do? <laughs> absolutely,
0: absolutely. Like you can't just like. I mean, I guess you could. I mean, you'd have to be pretty people powerful. do.
1: People just, do. So the the flighty people that you meet that you're like, wow, you're really out. You know, you're really out there, and I love your energy, but you're not grounded. You're not yeah. grounded. And I, for myself, when I'm with somebody because of my own issues. Um, if I'm with people that are not grounded, it, it makes me start to feel ungrounded. And then I feel anxious.
0: hundred percent fully agree. That's my, that's how I receive that as well. Same exact. Um, this kind of brings me to the the last topic that I, I want to chat about, which is manifestation, um, oh, yeah. which I want to just, you know, some people are like anti some people I'm like, listen, yeah. I'm all about Concepts like utilizing manifestation in my own life. I've done it for my own mental healing, emotional healing, physical healing, career, family. Like, I'm about it, about it with like the law of attraction. Like, I Mm -hmm. I can, I'll fuck with that. I will get down with that. My mom would like started getting big into that like 20 years ago or so. And I was Mm -hmm. like, could not be bothered. I was like, this is so stupid. And now, like, here I am. Um, So I just want to preface it by saying, like, I, you know, I really get down with manifestation where I see it gets like a little bit squirrely is that's being in that kind of like, I'm going to go up there like that, like that flighty place of like, all I have to do is think good thoughts and create a vision board and like all of that stuff. And in my experience, it's very hard to manifest something if you have limiting beliefs or blocks to that thing that you're trying to call in. So a massive part of my manifestation process is doing all this shit. We just spent almost an hour talking about it's like accessing mm-hmm. those limiting beliefs, those subconscious beliefs that like run the whole show. It's like really c- pulling out these like energy blocks in the body, these emotional blocks. Like I think my breath work practice is a big part of my manifestation practice. And I just, I think that's like kind of the missing link. Um, yeah, I, had I would signed, agree with you. I had signed up for a class with you. It, this is when I was at the Cliff House when I was like on my like little mini yes. retreat and it was yes. breathwork for manifestation. And I was like, ooh, yes, I'm going to like plot out my oh. 2022 career goals. And I'm like, it's <laughs> going to be amazing. Like I was so stoked. And then I got on. And then you got on. And the experience <laughs> was so incredible though, Andrea, because, and I didn't tell you this, but I- went so deep and what ended up coming up in that meditation and that breath work session was a massive fear. So it's like, it's cute Mm. that you think you're going to manifest this, but you know, like bitch, please, you need to actually address the fears that are going to block what you're trying to manifest. Like, and what came up for me and I haven't this is, I've never said this on the, this is like a very private thing. Um, But it was like, there's this underlying fear that it's all going to go away. All the success, Mm -hmm. all the things I've built are all going to be just go away. And so how can I consciously pull something in if I'm terrified that it's all going to be taken away? So my work is not just like saying mantras, like being out there, like in la-la land, it's actually addressing this underlying fear to clear that block so I can make space for the thing I want to come in to actually come in.
1: Exactly. That's, I mean, I don't need to say anything.
0: That's all of it. But no, you know, because
1: you said something. I can say, yes, I can. Um, yeah, so I said, and I think this is what you're talking about in the very beginning. I said you do not like to do manifestation groups. And it's not because I don't believe in it. It's because I do feel that, you know, part of it is because of the law of attraction, in quotes, because the law of attraction is something that is ancient really right but then somebody put it into a form and created a book and said let's market this yeah. that is more the problem it's like when we exactly what everything you were saying when when we look at the world and i was listen i used to do this too i'm not perfect but when we look at a situation and say i'm going to manifest this and it, this becomes an object whether that object be a person a new house a new career it is an object, right? And so when we look at the situation, we say, I want this, give me this. I am this, whatever they tell you to do in law of attraction, like believe that you're in it in the moment, right? Like mm-hmm. I am living in the big house with a perfect man and,
0: you know, <laughs> Ooh, a perfect man do tell, right?
1: Like let's, let's make it as, and then they say, make it as big as possible. And you go into this whole grandiose thing. Not once do they say, but why do you feel you don't have that right now? why do you feel you need that? Like, what is it that's happening in your life right now in this moment that you feel you don't have, that you're lacking, that you need to have this in order to be happy or whatever word you want to put on that worthy, fit in, right. You know, and that's where you have to, where you're at, where you're like, Oh, this is a fear. Wow. You know, and so the way that I have those groups, I also don't like to give too much information because I like people to have their experiences. But I do like to set my breathwork groups up in a way where I give a little bit of information, so you're prepared. We go into the artwork, so your brain doesn't, your ego is sort of like, ooh, this is fun, and then checks out because it's busy. And then the journaling, and all of that is just to really set the intention so you're clear on what your desire is or your manifest, what you want to manifest. But then what really is it that you want is the question. And once you know what you want and why, then you can manifest something that's gonna stay, right? And that in order to, you can always manifest stuff. Like I manifest stuff all the time. It doesn't stay because I still have this. I'm like, why is it? I don't easy understand. Easy come, easy yeah. go. Easy come, easy go. Because your vibration wasn't at a place where you were allowing it to stay. Because really manifesting is getting to a place where you're neutral and you're already in abundance. So getting the thing isn't going to make you feel better or worse. Getting the thing is just going to add as an extension to your growth. So, you know, that's my that's I love my it. I love it. And I think it's love manifesting. I just think that you have to add the component of like, but why? And what does it bring up? And can you deal with the fear now? Like, what if it does all go away?
0: You just build it again. Yeah.
1: Right. (laughs) Like, you go through that process. Like, I just ask, you know, the whys, like, what if it does? Okay. Well, then what? All right. Well, then what? You know, and so you get to a place where you're like, yeah, I guess I just, you know, I did it before. It was fun it's fun to build my business. I learned a lot. Maybe this will be different. I'll learn more, you know, and then you can manifest because you don't have a block. Yeah. Fear.
0: Yeah. And also like kind of unpacking that fear was in seeing how some of the fear was actually irrational, you know, and like, like, that was really helpful to be like, Oh, okay. Now that I'm aware of this fear, like, let's pull it apart. And like, yeah. Is this even like a fear that I need to have anymore? And like, where did it stem from? How far back does it go? Exactly. All of it, all of it. Start to and I think out that
1: we bed. can say that with like all fears. I would say all of our fears when we actually name the fear, like I had somebody once as a client who had this fear of, of speaking in public or singing in public or something. And when we unpacked that, It was because of something that happened as a child where somebody made fun of her voice from another room and it was more like making fun of was really like oh it's so cute that she's doing that let's listen in but as a little child it seemed like oh i'm so embarrassed i was caught and so there was this element of shame now that she carried into her adult life but you know that's where the conscious unconscious comes in right because unconsciously she wasn't aware of that and so when you know, through, through some of the work, we were able to unpack that so that she'd be like, oh, okay, let me try. And then, you know, obviously, it takes work to get through that and put it into practice just by like speaking out. But now that story has changed.
0: And I think that's like such a nice way to tie all of this up with a bow where it's like, you know, we're talking about these, like, oh, you just got to unpack your fears. Just got to like get rid of those limiting beliefs. Like it's like no big deal, NBD, but it's like the reason that I can talk about it like this is because I have, you know, spent time and I invest in the, you know, my time, my energy, money, whatever, into the appropriate containers and channels. And I think that one of the reasons that I wanted you to come on the show was to give listeners, an additional resource, whether they decide to do breath work with you, whether they decide to do, um, you know, hypnosis with you, I think it's just like one more tool in the toolbox to look into. So with that said, can you just share with listeners where they can find more of you? And if they're interested in this, where should they go?
1: Okay. So Andrea Mitchell wellness, it's my website and my Instagram, and those are usually the best ways to find more information about me um, because they're they're more up to date. So Andrea Mitchellwellness.com or Andrea Mitchell Wellness on Instagram. Um and yeah, Andrea Mitchell Wellness at gmail.com. <laughs> so we just remember, like- remember that key phrase and plug it into any of your things. Most likely it will work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will make sure this is all linked up in our, in the show notes as well. So people have but it yeah, there.
1: People can reach out to me. And um, if they have general questions about things, I, I tend not to answer long, long guided Careful. You know, <laughs> Careful long what questions. Careful with questions long questions. Yeah. Let's be respectful
0: of Andrea's. I might answer back and say,
1: "Um, a session will cost you.
0: Yeah, there (laughs) you go. Um, okay. So thank you so much. This was a, this was a good conversation. Um, we got to some far out places and I, I loved it. And so thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, Erin. I loved it too.
0: Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.